Hey, Greg. What? I got a joke for you. You want to hear it? <sighs> All right, go ahead. Okay, what do you call a dromedary conifer? <sighs> I don't know. What? A camel tree. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're king! Only for Super NES. You're listening to the SNES Podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. Welcome to the Super NES Podcast. This is episode number 16. We're going to be talking about uh, the obscure uh, platformer racing game on the ball, uh, developed and published by Taito, the system back in back in November of 1992. And with me in this podcast episode to talk about this game, uh, one of his all-time favorites like the system, um, I'm once again very pleased to have, I'd like to have the great, the awesome uh, Ferg on the podcast with me. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, glad to be bringing the uh, very popular games for the uh, Super Nintendo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is between like this game and Cuber Three. Uh, you know, this is like the equivalent of like me coming up to you and saying, "Hi, my favorite Atari 2600 games uh, are Air Raid and River Patrol." <laughs> well, that's I don't know. I just I'm not sure how I found this game. I thought it was on Digital Press, but uh, I looked it up and it was not from that. But uh, it's it's a fun game, and we'll talk a little bit about it and different uh, aspects of it, I guess. I was going to ask you about that. So you like, don't remember when you first came up? No, I don't. There was a digital press had a list called the ninety nine classics, and it was the staff's classics, not the you know video game classics of all time. And I thought that it was on that list because I got a bunch of Nintendo games. I went to Funko Land and bought a bunch of games based on that list that were really good. But, uh, yeah, I looked at my copy, and it's uh, a Blockbuster copy, so I don't think I, uh, I'm not sure, I guess maybe I just saw it at the Blockbuster and picked it up, and it looked interesting. I remember Blockbuster clearing out the Super NES game sometime around, like, 98 or so. Uh, Probably uh, somewhere but, around there, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember the bins seemed like, you know, like the, uh, you know, the former, the former X-Rentals. Uh, yeah, those poor, poor games, I'd be appreciated yeah. that they were reduced to, but, plus those stickers are possible to get off. They are, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did I did score a nice copy of Where's Waldo for the NES there, so you can't complain, right? Oh, there's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> I did get East Three though, so that wasn't too bad. Yes, yes, East Three on the Super NES is like a, like a lot of fun. Uh, that was a very early game for the system, also, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is definitely like an obscure game. Uh, this mm-hmm. is uh, this is based off the arcade game uh, Camel Tree, I believe is how it's pronounced. Camel um, Tree. Yeah. I- no idea why it's called Camel Tree because I don't think there are any camels in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, must be some kind of Japanese word. That's all I can figure. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the arcade game came out in 1989, and it looks like it looks like this game was like Japan only. Uh, right. I can't find any record of it ever coming over to the West. Um, but it used the same optical rotary system that Arkanoid used. Also, like also, like remember that spin dial that Arkanoid had? Yeah, this game used the same mechanic. Uh, for like an arcade, uh, which I wish I was a way to duplicate on the Super NES because we'll talk about this later on. But the controls can be a little bit lacking sometimes. I thought because trying to control the ball, the pad, as a, uh, versus the original spin controller that the game is actually designed for. But yeah, uh, um, but this game does have mouse support, believe it or not. Did you have you tried the mouse with it? Or no, no, I've not. I never saw a mouse. Uh, okay. I, um, I, I know the system came with one. Uh, there was a mouse packed in with a Mario Paint, I believe, was the game yeah. that came with it. But not many games use the mouse for, for support, so I never saw the no. point in picking one up. Um, do you have a mouse? No, I don't. Okay. I, don't. I wish I did because I'd love to try it because it just it doesn't seem like there's enough buttons on there though. <laughs> I guess well, we'll get into that too. Yeah. Well, the game only uses like one button to jump, so I guess the mouse would be okay for that. According to the manual, there's um, three different speeds of turning the the maze. Hmm. So that's what I I think the uh, the mouse left and right buttons were there. Or, I mean, the mouse uh, movement was the only way you could turn the maze. So uh, maybe uh, depending uh. on how how fast you went back and forth with the mouse i don't know yeah 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 now, i really couldn't find any information as what the mouse did or how it handled them like that but you yeah. know I, I just found it very interesting this was one of the few games that actually had mouse support yeah uh, that was interesting but like, so what made you pick this game out of the blockbuster bin did, did, did this look interesting to you i think that was it yeah unless i had read about it before um at that point i was probably on usenet already and that's how i communicated with other gamers and yeah, I don't know. I think maybe I was looking for a game that was kind of like Marble Madness or something, and I would occasionally go on and say, I'm looking for more games similar to Zelda or similar to this, and people would help me out, and that's how I found a lot of those kind of games. So maybe that's how I found it. Yeah, this game really reminds me of like a lot of Marble Madness. Uh, there's definitely yeah. a lot of similarities with it. And Marble Madness is a game I love. I, uh, I love Marble Madness too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I spent so much, yeah, I spent so much time on that game, both on the arcade like, and also the NES port. Uh, really, really fun game. Yeah, so this game's renamed to On the Ball from its original like, arcade name of Cometry, uh for the, like the North American and European release. Um, decent name, kind of expresses the point of the game like pretty clearly, I thought. Uh, it's a more On the Ball name, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but... <laughs> that was bad. I'll put a quarter in a dough jar for that one. <laughs> uh yeah, this is the reason that so many people like when I had like their own podcast because like you really like light up the joint. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> this game actually has a lot of ports. I was surprised. I was surprised when I was doing research on this just how many ports of the game that there are. Um, I was too. Yeah. Uh, when the game came out in November 1992 in the, for the Super NES, uh, it was also ported around the same time for the Japanese computer systems, uh, the FM Towns and the Sharp X68000. Um, both of those systems were were popular Japanese only computers. Uh, the FM Towns has a reputation as being mostly a um, uh, a adult system because uh, because uh, because uh, Bandai and other companies ported a lot of a uh, 
Japanese adult games to the uh, 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 like the computer. So a lot of they have a lot of virtual dating sims, a lot of a lot of mahjong games, that kind of stuff. So okay. the sharpest reputation as really being a great gaming computer. Um, yeah. Konami put a lot of their games out on the computer, and there's some games that came out only for the Sharp. Like it was Castlevania game that came out for the system only. Um, Metal Gear came out for the system only. Uh, oh but, right, right. Right. But of other exclusives, like the Sharp was really like a really powerful computer system in those days. But um, if you want to get the game now, uh, it's easier to find, thank God, uh, uh, in, in, in like more current forms than, than it is on the original Super NES uh, version. Uh, this game got released for the Nintendo DS um, in 2007 under the name Labyrinths. Which, it's like those old games. Yes, it's very yeah. interesting to use that name because like you know, I loved Labyrinth as a kid. I, I had one of those um, back then. Um, yeah. We're like, you know, it's really kind of a challenging game. Uh, for those of you who may be too young and, and don't remember Labyrinth, it was kind of like a wooden box where you had like two dials, one on the horizontal plane, one on the vertical plane. And, um, and the idea was you use the hand knobs to control a marble as you tip and, and tilt the play field around to get the marble to go around various opticals and drop it into various holes. Right. Uh, really... Like really challenging, just kind of like you know a fun game. Um, so the game's available for the DS. Uh, the game was also released as part of the Taito Legends 2 collection for the uh, like the PS2, Xbox, and PC, uh, like, okay. uh, like the same year. It's also available as part of the Taito Taito's Legend Power Up collection, uh, like the PlayStation, PlayStation Portable. And that version features both the original and also like an enhanced version of the game. Oh and, really? Yes. So. And I'm a sucker for games that do that. I mean, like, I love retro games, but if you give me a retro game that that, that uh, uh, gives you the option to play both the original mode, like, and also like enhanced mode, like, I'm all over that. Yeah. Uh, because, like, you know, I love that option. I, uh, I love the flexibility of being able, uh, like, you know, play either in its original original format or also to play with like you know better graphics or better music or that kind of stuff. So. The Galaga ones are really good. Uh, not Galaga, the Namco ones. Yes. Yep. Those are really good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and finally, you also can pick up the updated version of the game, uh, like for the iPhone and for the uh, Zune uh, HD mobile devices. Wow, so, the Zune, huh? Yes. Well, <laughs> Microsoft may not be making them anymore, uh, but there are still a bunch of people that we have them. So. Yeah. And, you know, hey, you know, I have a friend who swears by his. I guess they're like great systems that they've got like, you know, like kind of buried a buried in the marketplace. But yeah, they, um, kind of like the Game Boy and the Lynx, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this game basically is a uh, is a platformer racing game. Like we said earlier, it has a lot of similarities to Marvel Madness. Yeah. Uh, the basic idea of both games is the same. You you, you have a course, uh, you have a marble starting at point A, and you want to get the marble to point B in as fast time as possible, um, and you don't want time to run out, and you're navigating the ball through an obstacle course or, or a maze, to try to avoid the bad items and pick up the good items uh, to be able to maximize your points and also, and also maximize the time. Because also, like Moral Madness, the, uh, your time carries over from maze to maze. Yeah. So the, like, the better you do in the earlier mazes, uh, the more it helps you out like the later mazes. So uh, the main difference between the games is the viewpoint. And this is the only problem I had with the game. Uh, Marvel Madness uh, has kind of a, um, a scale back perspective where you're looking like the, the obstacle course, like the substance back, and you're navigating the, 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 ball, the, the ball around. Right. Um, like on the ball, uh, the camera zooms into a small part of the maze, uh, like your marble is. Well, ball, marble, whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the same thing. So we're going to use those terms interchangeably like this podcast, so let's not right. worry about it. Um, yep. Anyway. 
I understand why the camera does this. The camera zoomed in very close, like in the ball. You, you can't see too much of the maze. You can only see the, the smaller of the maze, like on the ball, as you're, uh, as, as you're navigating it around. Uh, they do it this way to make the game more difficult. Because if the map was zoomed out more, uh, and, and you can see more of the maze, that could make the game easier. But when zoomed in, uh, a lot of these mazes, particularly the higher level mazes, you're doing a lot of split-second turns and turns and turns and twists and moves. It's like the marble to get around the corners and avoid the obstacles and whatnot. And I actually got a bit motion sickness playing this game. Yeah, uh, my wife, she can't watch me play the game because. Because you're basically just moving the maze, you're not moving the ball. Exactly, and it's yeah. very, very strange to me that this causes effect because, you know, I know some people say they really can't play modern games too much because they get kind of motion sickness. That's right. never really bothered me any. Uh, the only game in the past I ever had a problem with any kind of motion sickness with was F-Zero for the GameCube. Uh, because that version of the game, you're going through some very twisty, turny uh, race courses where like, your car is actually going upside down and, and, and sideways and like loops and that kind of and that, like that kind of stuff. That's one game in the past that the, the name of Stomach Turn. But playing this game like for a while, I, 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 I only play this game in short doses because after about five minutes, my stomach starts going, what the hell is going on up there? So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, very, very strange it does that to me. But like that aside, I, I'm kind of pleased to hear your wife has the same complication because uh, she's kind of afraid that I may be the only one. But uh, no. Yeah, that's really the only major complaint I have of the game. And just like you know, it may always be a fact that the fact I'm playing it in emulation on on a 24-inch uh, widescreen uh, HD monitor. So uh, I really don't know how it would look or play on, on different formats. Maybe, but um, so I'd be kind of curious to check out some of the some of the other versions of the game that they put out over the years to see how that one uh, handles uh, this, yeah, this, this one. So definitely want to check out that DS version. But um, so you have uh, four different uh, modes in this game uh, that you can pick, uh, that you pick from: uh, training, beginner, expert, and special. Uh, and each one has more and more mazes, and also increases like difficulty. Um, the training mode of this game is very well done. I mean, they show you they show you the beginning like each maze, a special screen saying, "Okay, uh, you can do this, you can do that." Kind of gives some pointers like for the game, and then you right. go through that very easy special training maze, and then you go on the next one and whatnot, and, by, and, I think, and I think it's like five mazes all together, and by the time you're done with it, you really have a good sense of how to play. Um, yeah, how to rotate the maze, how to jump. Right. Yeah. The controls of the game, as you mentioned earlier, are very simple. You just have the uh, the pad, the, the, the pad moves the maze around. Um, technically, you're moving the ball around, but because of the way the game is designed, uh, uh, it looks like you're moving the maze around. So, um, And you also have a jump button. Uh, and the jump button can also be used to to give you a speed boost, uh, right. like the marble. You know, the marble you should be trying to like, get past an obstacle, like or whatnot. So um, the D-pad is responsive. It's a little bit. The control is a little bit kind of a. Um, so it takes a bit to get used to. It's not quite sensitive with the D-pad as it would be, I imagine, uh, like the original by arcade form. But the D-pad works well enough once you get the hang of it. It definitely works better. Compared to the rotary controller, than uh, Arkanoid would <laughs> with the D-pad. <laughs> yes, Arkanoid with the NES really has to have that like special controller that they pack with yeah. it because um, yeah, this game also reminds me a little tiny bit of Super Monkey Ball. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if you ever played like any of those games for sure. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, because you have the whole like you know like marble trying to move the marble navigate the marble around on the maze and point A to point B kind of like thing. So. Um, I, I guess you kind of think of this as like a very, very early version of like Super Monkey Ball. But, uh, right. um, so, do you have any problems 
problems with like you know any kind of motion sickness or motion sickness or any kind of uh, dizziness or, or uh, like playing the game? No, I never had any problem with that kind of stuff. Okay. If I if I go on a ride or something at a carnival, then yeah, I'll get sick. <laughs> Not for an actual video game. Uh, what about the controls? Do you think they're like pretty easy to pick up and use? Yeah, I thought the like I know that uh, according to the manual, uh, you could use to move the maze or the ball or whatever. You can use the D pad or you could use the buttons. Also, the buttons were like uh, you could move slow. Mm. The D pad D pad was medium, and then the shoulder buttons were fast. I couldn't get it together to use the shoulder buttons. I just used the D-pad, and I couldn't. I tried using the buttons to move, but I didn't like the way that controlled, so I just used the D-pad. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I was not able to find a copy of this manual like online. I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't know about those modes. I, um, okay. Um, well, I good to have you on the podcast and tell me all these <laughs> things. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I remember you saying, like, also, when we had you on earlier with Cuber 3, um, I remember you saying... The, the kind of same preference, like using keyboard with the uh, like the pad, as like opposed to buttons, because you also right. because that game also gives the option the option of controlling keyboard with the buttons as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but um, the music of the game is pretty good. It's nothing really like earwormy, but the music is very appropriate, like the game. I thought uh, the pieces are varied enough. There's, there's about maybe like five six tracks that are used during the game, and, and it yeah, rotates right compared to how many. I mean, it's got 99 different mazes in it. You yes. think you have a few more, <laughs> a few more songs in there, but I did like the music. I like the sound effects too, especially the, which I hit too many times. The little scream when you hit the, um, the minus two second oh, bumpers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate those things. Yeah, that's a good segue. Let's talk about the obstacles that you face. Okay. Um, so, what are the major obstacles that you remember seeing, uh, like seeing, like in this game for? Because I know some of them, but you've played the game a lot, a lot more than I have, so you probably right. would be able to talk about them like better than I could. Yeah, you def- you have those, the bumpers. Every time you hit them, they'll. Um, I think there's two second ones and five second ones. Yes. And yeah. then um, there are bricks, but you can break through the bricks, but you have to be going at a certain amount of speed in order to break through the bricks. Which can be very, very frustrating sometimes because. As, yes. <laughs> Especially there's in, in tandem with, um, they have stop and go bars. And if they're stopped, you can't pass through them. But if, if it's go, you can. And there, there's, I forget which stage it was, but there are two sets of bricks in between stop and go bars, and it's it's just infuriating sometimes. <laughs> right. A lot of times it's luck, basically. Sometimes you make it through there real quick. Sometimes you can't. Yeah, you can use the jump button to ba- um, back yourself up, and um, get enough speed to crash through those bricks. Hmm. And sometimes those bricks will have like a plus three seconds or a minus three seconds or a question mark, and that'll give you. Either some good, I think five, three seconds, or nothing, depending on what it was. Right. And then there are these weird, I don't know what, I can't remember what they're called in the manual, but uh, I don't know how you would like a, like a, oh, how would you describe it? Those red, red things? Like maybe like a vacuum tube? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they would be, they would make you, they would force you to go in, in a certain direction. Some of them you have to go through them in order to get through the maze, and other ones are on the side. And that kind of um, make it hard for you to get to where you're going, but they'll make you go in one certain direction, and uh, you have no recourse against them. You have to go in that direction, but there is you, you can get through them the way the game is programmed. You can get through those. You just have to be very good at the at the controls. <laughs> there was one part where it was uh, a set of three, and the, each of them was going in the opposite direction, and you had to get to like I think one or two brick 
opening on the bottom part. <laughs> that was another yeah. hard area. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I was really impressed playing this game. Just like, you know, the, the game really seems to use real-life conditions of inertia and gravity to really stimulate how the ball would move and actually react uh, yeah. react like, in those conditions, which can be frustrating sometimes to try to like, break through those walls or whatever to, to when it get to the end. But they really put a lot of effort into programming the game, I thought, uh, to try to make it as realistic as possible. So Yeah. One of the Easter eggs really goes into that when we'll, when we get to that. Yes. Um, now, did you get to any of the point where the controls reverse? No, I did not. I was not that good. Uh, well, <laughs> oh my gosh. It when you're I'm not sure at what point it does this, but like I said there's 99 levels, so somewhere in the middle it's got to change over. And if you've been playing all those levels and then you have to try and reverse it, it's hard. It is so... I mean, it's actually more intuitive to do it the second way mm. because it's more like a, of a head-on a head-on control. So it's I think it's an actual right turn or left turn or whatever. But it is... It's hard when, you, when you've when got that other way in your head. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it's just... You know, the mazes were simple enough, but when you have that other, other control scheme in your head and you're trying to go the way that you would actually go, it's... <laughs> It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, any game that does that trick is very, very nasty. There's other games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's other games that do it also. Like, you know, there's one game. I can't remember the name of the game right now, but there's one game also I really like where, like, you know, if you get hit by an object, uh, it, it, it temporarily screws up the controls. The controls for, like, five seconds. And just, oh, like, you know, like, yeah. random, like, random, but uh, pushing the pushing the pad in a direction is just like just random, like while well, that affects in play. So you have no idea where you're moving or what's going on. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, the the static background images that they use for the mazes I thought was very nice. Uh, there's some very nice um, in fitting with the theme of the maze. Um, every maze has like a name to it. Like every every maze has a theme, and yeah. if they, um, fitting with the theme, there's also there's also the static background image that you can see as you're navigating the maze, and the graphics are very nice. Um, they're there and they're present, and they aren't really being distracting. Uh, for example, again to go back to Cuber Three, I really hated those uh, those those uh, trippy, isodelic, uh, rotating rotating background images uh, that the game had. Thank God you turned those off. But right. uh, not here. Well, that's okay because this game because this game they're well done. They're not distracting. Um, what about the fish? Did you get to the fish? Yes, I did. But. That was that kind of freaked me out because he would be there and then he would be there again when you, <laughs> and then he'd be there again. I really love the Egyptian uh, themed ones, the uh, the mazes that had the pyramids and the, the pyramids and the statues and everything in the background. But you know, uh, simple graphics. Um, you know, this game doesn't really require some of the graphics in the system, but but the background images are very very nice. Yeah, so. it looks. I looked at a video of the camera tree and it looks pretty close. Mm, yes, if not exactly. Yes. Uh, there's a guy actually. I actually shared this like link with you earlier, Ferg. Uh, there's a guy on YouTube who posted who posted speedrun video of him playing all four courses uh, of on the ball in less than 30 minutes. Well, that was only the first plane, I think. Yes. Well, he went through all four modes. He went through training, beginner, expert, and special. But yeah, but there are. I think there are three more planes to go through, though. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But still, even doing what he did. <laughs> it, it's still like still a heck of a lot better than I could do. But, okay, I'll give you that. But um, but yeah, speaking about the history of the game, uh, yeah, you actually like reminded me about something uh, like this game. Um, right, right. Uh, you mentioned also like the last episode of uh, of Atari Twenty Seven Game by Game podcast. But uh, I used to be part of Digital Press uh, many many years ago uh, before 
finally I just got tired of the site shutting down pretty much every, pretty much every like five days it seemed like and just they uh, yeah <laughs> went over to Atari Age where I kind of hang out exclusively. Now they have anything against digital press. I, I really like the site a lot. I just I, I mean I just only really have time to hang out to hang out to hang out my one forum these days. So right. but anyway I used to be part of digital press and I used to also be part of their high score contests. Uh, again back when I had like more time in my hands. Yeah. So um, <laughs> apparently. Ferg was doing some digging through some of the, uh, uh, some of the back threads. I, I, really don't, I really don't know how you found this, Ferg, but uh, uh, but you found apparently where the two of us had competed in a high score contest for this game almost ten years ago to the day. It was yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> back in May two thousand five. Yeah, actually, that's how I found out it was an arcade game first. I had no idea because I just had the the Super Nintendo game. They picked uh, Camel Tree as one of them, and I forget what the other. I think they picked two games a week or something. Yes, the other game, the other game that happened that week was the arcade version of Gunsmoke. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which is horrible at Gunsmoke, but I beat everybody on the ball. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that that I can play <laughs> some or uh, Camel Tree, I should say. I can play maybe one or two games well, and the rest I can't. <laughs> now, now you said in your podcast that you came in like behind me though. But in the in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you can't. Oh, like, yeah. In, okay. or second or third in the contest, in in the whole thing, and I wasn't even on the on the thing. On oh, okay. The, on All the board. Right. Right. Okay. The okay. only problem with that thread is that the pictures are gone that we posted. So, but yeah. I remember, I won. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I will give that to you then, because this game is hard. This is a uh, this is a tough game. Uh, you you really need some practice. It's a practice and patience. It's an effort to it's an effort to get through this game. Yeah, uh, you do. You there's also a bit of memorization that you have to do in this game. And I know I've talked about it on my show how I don't like those kind of games, but in this case, I I like this one. <laughs> I don't know if it's the graphics or the the whole marble thing that reminds me of Marble Madness, but yeah, I love I love this game a lot. Yeah, apparently this game was so traumatic on me that I actually like blanked out actually playing it like ten years ago because yeah. I, yeah, because I had like no memory of playing this. When you mentioned this game, uh, uh, I mentioned this game along with some other possibilities uh, a few months ago when I started this podcast. I'm like, I'm like on the ball. What's that? I never heard of it. But yeah. um, and then you reminded me that I actually had played the game ten years ago. So yeah. um, <laughs> how did you ever find that like thread anyway? But, I just remembered playing Camel Tree. I didn't realize that you were actually uh, one of the contestants too. I just typed in Camel Tree. No, I remember doing the high score contest over there. Um, yeah. Um, I, like I won a couple of them actually. I think, or at least came in. I like, think you did. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I just just don't just don't have time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Stuff anymore these days. But uh, but yeah, it was fun to pick up the game again uh, because, like I said, it's definitely. Um, I think I like it more now than I did like ten years ago. Uh, it's definitely. Like I said, it's definitely a very challenging game. It definitely requires some memorization, and it definitely definitely has to be like very frustrating. Um, yeah. The the maze design, though, I think uh, overall, with a few exceptions, I thought that um, I, I thought the mazes were all very well designed. Uh, and they're fair too. Yeah, they're fair. But they're devious. They often put. They are devious. <laughs> yes. I think you know, for, just to get an example, they often put like you know beneficial power ups for you. Off to the side somewhere else, you know, like side chamber or whatnot, and you have right. to make a split second decision: do I want to veer over there to grab these power ups? Yeah. But I don't want to like, focus on trying to get through this. Right. So, is it going to take you longer to get the power up than what the power up is worth? And yeah, you definitely have to weigh all that stuff in right. like a split second, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Just like Marvel Madness, this game really forces you to replay the earlier mazes again and again and again to get uh, to get better at it, so you, yeah. can, so you can carry over as much time as possible. 
Um, There is one last hope for you if you fail to finish a maze maze before time runs out. Oh, Uh, that's right, yeah. There is a bonus game. Uh, It's it's not a very easy bonus game. I think I only beat it once in maybe the 20 times I tried it, but there is a bonus game you can play. Um, Basically, you just have this... uh, it's kind of hard to describe. It's like a matching game. It's like a pinball match for right. an extra game. Okay, yeah, right. So um, not very easy, but 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 I do appreciate like how the game gives you like a chance. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, you get a one in ten chance, and then I think is that how many is that how many seconds you get, or do you just get twenty seconds? I think you get like twenty seconds. Okay. Okay. Uh, and there's also the other thing, the um, uh, the slot machine one. Uh, I didn't get that very often. I'm not sure how. How that comes up? If oh, oh I know it's uh, if you the, at the beginning of the maze it gives you a time that you have to beat and if you beat that time then you get the slot machines at the end. There's three slot machines and I think they go from one to nine and that's how many seconds you'll get. Right. Yes. Extra seconds. Yep. So yeah, uh, definitely like some fun options to it. Um, uh, I think I still prefer playing Marvel Madness uh, as opposed to this game, but this uh, but this game definitely is fun. Uh, it's definitely a game I'm gonna like come back to the, later on. Uh, because I said, you know, I can only really play in short, short doses because of the motion sickness thing. But, right, right. Um, uh, but this is a game that I definitely do want to check out again later on and spend some more time on just like see if I get better at. Yeah. Uh, because some of these mazes are very, very challenging. And it, uh, uh, and it feels great to be able to, to be able to rush through the last set of obstacles and, and to be able to get your marble like in that large goal zone just before time runs out. Right. Uh, just like, you know, really be able – the risk-reward thing is very, very well balanced, uh, balanced in this game, I thought. Um, I also appreciate the difficulty modes and the and the and like you said, nine nine mazes. Uh, yeah. Um, and there's also a password feature, so you can like. Yep. So if you're actually playing this, playing this, playing this in real in real form as opposed to emulation, you can actually like you know like jump back to where you left off. So. Right. Is that um, now? Is that for the mazes or is that for the plane? I and believe that's for the plane only. Uh, okay. By mazes, by mazes, like you mean the. But you mean the four modes you pick from, right? The no, the actual mazes. Oh, okay. I think it's, I'm not sure if it's mode or what is that called? A, a, I forget how they worded it in the uh, the modes. The, the modes you can pick from in the game, the training, beginner, expert, and special. Yes, those, those you can go. Yeah, but you right. have to go through all all the mazes inside the mode. But to get the password for it, yes. Right. right yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So. Gotcha. Uh, there are also like in these uh, the cute little like ending screens you also get when you finish like one of the modes also maybe like right. one of them shows the marble sitting on a cliff with like a sunset in the background yes but <laughs> <laughs> yes very very nice so uh, cute touches uh, that this game has for sure well this is neither here or there but compared to Marble Madness when the the marble uh, cracks into a million pieces uh, the first time I hadn't played this in a while before um, this week. The first time I saw the marble break in this game, it, I just laughed out loud because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just uh, looks so bad hmm. compared to the Marble Madness one. Now, this game has a two-player mode also, right? I don't know. I think so. Yes, yes, it does. It does. Yes, player uh, mode player too. Yeah. I never tried that. Uh, I never did either. So um, I imagine probably you take turns, probably. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, maybe if you make it through the maze, hmm. the single mazes, and then you take turns that way, because if you know you can go for a long time without losing the marble. Well, I thought you would play this marbles. fight your wife, which is why I didn't let you. No, like she's kids, not so. playing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I apologize then to listeners out there for not being sure about this, because I thought Ferg was yeah. going to cover me on this, but oh, nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, 
So yeah, there is a two-player mode, and there, uh, there's also an option screen. So yeah. um, one last thing, uh, the jump slash speed button is a very nice touch, also I think, also yes. because like you know you have to use it specially in special places to be able to get through certain obstacles and clear certain mazes in time. Yeah. Uh, so this is something this game this game has over more madness. It's like that you can do that actually. I, th- I think I, th- I think it's great to do. Um, I wish I remember jump higher. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> but yeah, well, hey, you. Like you get what you can get, right? So yeah. Actually, the best thing about the jump button when the at whatever point the controls reverse, it actually it you don't jump backwards, you jump forward, so you can just jump right through the bricks. True. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. That was really cool. Do you want to talk about some of these um, the secrets? Sure. Secret I'll go to that. Um, okay. There are a bunch of passwords that I found uh, like online uh, that that do various things like the game. Uh, I'm not sure. I apologize again. Uh, I, um, uh, I had a very busy week. I, I was not able to try out all these try out all these passwords. I did. I did. <laughs> I tried most of them. Okay. I um, tried the 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 first one that was listed was the change ball. Yes. So was that you too? Could, well, you could pick. Um, now I'm not familiar with a lot of the title games, but I did notice that there's a Space Invader and Bub from uh, Bubble Bobble. Yes. That you okay. could pick, and they would be the ball. And I think in the arcade game, this was just a, a regular feature of the game that you could pick your own ball in the beginning of the game. Right. So from what I saw online, and right. uh, there's a change gravity code. Now that yeah. was really cool. If yes. You go, you go to that. Um, you could pick gravity from the at the time nine planets, and uh, look it up, kids. Pluto, <laughs> <laughs> and the moon and the sun. So with the uh, gravity of Earth being one, and I tried it. Mercury was I think 0.28, and it was really floaty. And then I tried the sun, which was like 26, and that was really, you know, whenever it got to the wall, it just kept like pounding down on that wall. <laughs> it wouldn't go <laughs> off the wall at all. This is one of the passwords I did try, and this is a lot of fun. It's very, very unique. Yeah. Uh, I really had a lot of success with like yeah, Mars, because Mars is somewhat similar to Earth. So yeah, um, right. the moon was fun, though, hopping around, making those like big jumps and stuff like what stuff. So I'll have to go back and try that but, one, yeah. Uh, expert modes. Next one. This just basically unlocks a whole new difficulty level of like the game. Uh, really, really, really challenging mazes. Yeah, that one I didn't try. I did try some of the ones that are actual words, like the you type in birth or build or smile. Yeah, yeah. I could not. They wouldn't work for me for some mm. reason. Well, I'm not sure. Well, I got all these from Game FAQs, so I uh, yeah. so ninety nine percent of the time the passwords of the passwords on there are verified. So uh, okay. I'm assuming I'm assuming that this works all right. Uh, I, I, I uh, you you enter these passwords the same way you enter like all the other passwords. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, that that thing is weird too. Yes, <laughs> the, it's it's like the all the passwords are in a horizontal bar, and you uh, I guess the ball is underneath or something or over it. And you have to tilt it back and forth, and you can it'll go really fast or really slow depending on how you tilt it, and it's very sensitive. Right. It's hard to stop. Right. So you have to kind of figure out how to get them on the fly, I guess. So the field two, field three, field field four passwords just basically like advance you, advance you up to that field, like in that like uh, um field pick your mode setting. So uh, yeah. level selects nice. Level select allows you to pick any of the mazes uh, like yes. the game like the game to play. That was so, fun. Yes, and you can also get a lot of practice in trying yep. to get a certain maze down. Master mode, master mode, like expert mode, like that unlocks a higher difficulty level. I'm not sure which one's more challenging, expert or master, but yeah, I haven't tried either of those. I'm definitely gonna have to try. Uh, sound test unlocks the sound test. Basically, just gives you a music, a music select screen. Yep, that was uh, fun. <laughs> 
Special mode. Did you try that one? I, I did not try no, that one. No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I should have. Yeah, okay. So we apologize again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it probably does something kind of like, you know, unlocks some special features of the game or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, time record shows you the shows you the best times. Uh, we didn't mention this. The game does have kind of a high score list. Uh, when you finish a maze uh, game, you can you can see the high scores and enter uh, enter your initials in. So right. so um, yeah. Um, do you have any favorite mazes for ones you know ones that really stick out in your mind as being like you know uh, great or frustrating or or downright evil? Well, I think I'd mentioned a, a couple of them with the uh, those red vacuum tube things. Mm-hmm. That was that took me a long time to get through. I don't think I actually made it through. I can't remember. I know I ran out of time a couple times on that one. And there was one where you just keep going up and down through this maze of those uh, minus two bumpers. And that was, I, I think I hit every single one. <laughs> I know that we're no talking about. How yeah, hard I tried. Yeah, I could not get past it. But I just I don't know if I spent enough time in the in the mazes to really appreciate them. But I think they're. I just think they're very well done, and they have a bunch of different. Like, there's one that has the pegs on it. It's almost like a pachinko game that you yes, really, yep. you have absolutely. You just have to go through it. There's nothing. <laughs> you got to wait until you go down to the bottom. It's a very cool game. So, besides basically just like you know, practice, 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 and practice, and trial and error. Uh, do you have any like other uh, tips, or tips or hints that you can give to somebody uh, picking up this game the first time? Um. Well, definitely remember which button the jump button is for and make sure you use it because it does come in really handy and you can help yourself speed up a little bit. Um, yes, definitely. And especially if you're stuck, because um, I kept, before I remembered there was a jump button when I started playing it earlier, I just kept uh, turning the maze upside down and then going back down when I had to get through bricks. So that's the that's probably the only tip I can think of is to use the jump button. Right. Um, don't get don't get sick. Take your Dramamine before you play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. So yeah, um, this is definitely a fun game. Like you enjoy Mortal Madness, like you enjoy like, Super Monkey Ball or like anything oh, else yeah. like that. Uh, this, yeah. this is definitely a game to check out. Uh, it's a very unique blend, I think, of like you know a we're um, a platform game with like racing elements because the time limit imposed on you. So yep. um, so enjoy those kinds of games. Also, this is highly worth checking out. Um, whether you get it in the Super NES version or one of the newer ones uh, that was newer ones that was released, uh, it's not available on Virtual Console, unfortunately. I, I guess not popular enough. But uh, yeah. uh, I imagine you probably could find one of these one of these uh, one, of, one of these title collections or the iPhone, yeah. uh, like the DS or iPhone versions, like easily enough too. So right. um, yeah, one of the things I really love about this podcast, just like your podcast, for is being able to check out and explore all these unusual and obscure games that you never would have tried otherwise. Right. So, yeah, this is a great game suggestion from you. I, despite the problem I had with motion sickness, I, I really did enjoy playing this. Uh, so I really want to thank you uh, thank you again for recommending it because they, um, it's definitely an obscure game, that's for sure. Um, yes. <laughs> the obscurity was backed up by eBay because there's not many copies of this uh, like on there. Uh, no. When, when I looked several days ago, I found eight copies currently listed at nine copies that have been sold in the last 90 days. But because the game's not very popular, uh, you can always get it for cheap. Uh, yeah. The average history of the game selling selling it for card only was between five and nine dollars. So oh, that's, that's definitely worth the money. Yes, and um, CIB is pretty good too. CIB ship again ship included uh, starting went from twenty four to thirty seven dollars. That's so, not bad for a Super Nintendo game, especially yes, now that the bubble is going on. <laughs> well, <laughs> the bubble the bubble actually 
I do this podcast so far and I do research on uh, research on the games. The bubble effect's very hit or miss. I found with like Super NES yeah. games. Uh, I I definitely agree. Super NES pricing is more expensive now than it was several years ago because, like I said earlier, uh, all the people who all, all the people who were kids when the system came out are now mature adults and dispose of one comma and they're trying to like you know trying to like collect the games. So, yeah. um, but the bubble the bubble will come down in a few years, I think. Uh, the next generation of kids who who become adults comes in with the PlayStation Nintendo sixty four games, but they uh. Certain certain game types are more expensive than others. I mean, like you know, RPGs are very expensive uh, for the system as you would expect. Uh, some of the more popular games are very expensive, but there are many games like this one that you really can still have for a pretty good price. So the bubble effect is not across the board. There's just right. certain there's, there's just certain games that the certain games that get whacked by harder than others. It seems like yes. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to it because, like, you know, the, uh, for example, take two of the most popular games that came out of the system that uh, that I've already covered in past podcasts: uh, Contra Three and Sim City. Contra Three uh, is very expensive still because of the name, uh, because of its name, the franchise, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sim City, pretty cheap to get actually. So, really? uh, and both those games were produced in huge amounts. So. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, just just very very odd how it goes that kind of stuff. So um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, for I wanted to thank you again for like you know uh, for like positioning this game. Hopefully this will encourage other people out there to out there check out this game because like I said, I was kind of surprised that anybody had actually played this. But uh, but uh, Aaron Hickman from the Retro Obscura podcast chimed in and said that he also had he also loved this game and he also oh, me- uh, that the, that he also remember playing this back then and whatnot. So I was surprised anybody else that actually played it. So, yeah. And this, I guess, a, maybe a title Black Sheep game or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking about title games, though, um, I want to take a few minutes, Ferg, and also talk to you a little bit about uh, some bonus coverage uh, that you guys are getting with the, by this podcast. Um, <laughs> I asked the same questions, and I had a brief discussion about this with Willie in the last podcast on, on, on Mr. Do last week. So I kind of thought it'd be nice to it'd be, it'd be nice to ask Ferg here also the same the same things because Ferg's also a huge old time arcade goer. Uh, old. Well. <laughs> I'm there, old. I'm okay with it. <laughs> there's something to be said for being able to remember to go into those arcades back then and being able to yeah. see all these classic games. But they, um, yeah, the Super NES, the 16-bit system, the Super NES Genesis, were really the first systems that actually had enough processing power that, that they actually could handle running the arcade code itself as opposed to having to have the game ported to it. Right. Um, so with the Super NES and the Genesis also, uh, you've already started to see these retro gaming collections come out for it. Uh, and this is really before the whole retro game craze took off yeah. uh, during the uh, uh, during the mid '90s. But um, like I said, I, I think it was a combination of the fact that the system was finally powerful enough to be powerful enough to actually to actually be able to run the arcade code, uh, and also the fact that Nintendo relaxed restrictions that they had in place uh, during the NES days. Publishers could only have five games a year. Uh, one of the many things that Nintendo put into place to try to prevent another crash from happening again. So, right. um, but during the Super NES days, that got that got removed. So, the company saw this as a way of being able to pad the library with like cheaper, like easy to convert popular games, uh, like in their library. So, um, yeah. yeah, they picked some good ones. Uh, the Super NES arcade games games don't run perfectly. Uh, the system, the system while I can handle it is still, uh, there's still a little bit of slowdown every now and then uh, playing these. Uh, yeah. it, it really wasn't until the PlayStation N64 generation that the hardware found that the hardware finally got powerful enough to be able to run these like main perfect. 
But what you have there with the system is very good. Uh, there were three collections released by the system. Uh, I realize you don't have all these games. I'm just, just going to talk about them like, uh, real quick so the like, listeners out there I know what's available uh, available for the Super NES as far as like, virtual game collections go. Um, right. There was a Williams uh, Ar- Ar- Arcade Game Collection with uh, like some of the like, biggest games like Defender and a, uh, Joust. Um, and there was an Ar- like, it was Atari Collection with some of their biggest games like Asteroid and Missile Command. I didn't know about the Atari one until a few months ago, and I just got one yesterday. <laughs> Atari, Atari has a long, glorious history of picking out their library. So, oh yeah. Seriously, every console, every every console that's come out, Atari Atari has put out a, a collection for it. Yeah. That even includes the game uh, .com. So. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Like I said, they've never been shy of picking out their uh, their games. So, but they um. And, you want to start with that one then, real quick? We we'll go through what's on there. Sure. Uh, pretty much, pretty much the same game you find like in the collections they have nowadays. Yeah. Um, you have uh, uh asteroids, missile command. Uh, uh what else is on there? Uh, centipede. Centipede. Uh, Battle zone. Battle zone. Yep. Tempest and super breakout. Yes. So good games, good collection. The games run pretty well. Uh, with limitations of the pad. Like the pad throwing everything, of course, but yeah. Um, besides the occasional slowdown, that uh, that's also the only really, really big drawback about these collections, because all these games were designed either for like um, uh, a rotary control or for uh, like for a joystick, and right. uh, and they ported the, like all these games now operate, of course, of course, like the D-pad. They may not be responsive, as remember them being like the arcades because of that reason. Yeah, and half of these games are were uh, in the arcade. They were vector games. And since then, they've been able to do vector games a little better, but these look really rastery, if I can use that as a word. Yes. They look okay, but you, you could tell it's not a vector game. I think the sound, they sound better than they look, to me. Yes. The sound of all these games like, is very, very well done, I thought. Um, yeah. Centipede, for me, was the best of the bunch. Yes. Uh, I think a Super Breakout is like, my favorite, because the pad, the pad is well enough uh, to play the game, so I really don't have any problems with it. Okay. <laughs> I have way more, a lot of problems with that. <laughs> well, I just got used to playing games like, you know, like Arkanoid, but, uh, 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 like in other games like that, like using a pad over the years on, on different... Ooh. Well, I mean, uh, uh, keyboard controls also. I mean, just a... Uh, so, uh, so I just got used to doing that. Uh, I mean, can, so, you, can you use a mouse in place of that? That might be a little easier. I don't think so. But you probably could use a joystick. Uh, there was a Super Advantage, uh, and, and there are other third-party joysticks, joysticks available for the Super NES. Mm. So, okay. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. All right. Certain games may handle better with a joystick as opposed to the pad. So. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, that thing is pretty... looks like a tank, I think. Yes, it is. <laughs> Nintendo bills are stuff to last. Yeah. So, uh, And the Williams Collection has the uh, Joust, Defender... Uh, I, uh, uh, Robotron, I believe it's Robotron on it. Yes, Robotron. Uh, uh, it also has the um, what else does it have? Uh, Defender Two or Stargate? Yep. Okay. Right. And Sinistar. Yes, the deepestly, uh, the deepestly hard, deepestly difficult uh, Sinistar, but but so awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is probably one of my favorite uh, collections collections available available like the system. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, besides those collections, speaking about title, I think the only title game that came with Super NES was Space Invaders. Uh, there was a pretty good port of that game available of the, uh, available in the system, and uh, and like I said earlier, I really love how they have both original and uh, original enhanced mode to pick from. Uh, yeah. Uh, like this game. Like, do you have that one also, Ferg? I do have it, and I also have the um, the Game Boy game is a Super Game Boy enhanced, and you pretty much get the. Super Nintendo game on the Game Boy game with the Super Game Boy. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. Do you prefer playing it in original like, or enhanced mode? 
Um, I think I like the original mode. <laughs> well, uh, they also had Space Invaders 2 available on this too, right? I think they also had... Uh, uh, so did they have the sequel? The, the sequel available? So. Okay. No, I don't think so. Because the enhanced, because the enhanced game really, really basically is just Space Invaders 2 because uh, uh, because of the enhanced graphics uh, like whatnot. Like in many ways, that's what you're playing uh, with that. So. Um, oh, okay, okay. Frogger came out of the system uh, late in Super NES's life. I think like ninety, like ninety-seven, it came out. Yeah, uh, was so. that the last U.S. release? For like Genesis, it was. Oh, for uh, the Genesis, okay. For the Super NES, close but not quite. The last okay. Super NES game was a Kirby game. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, the Frogger game for this thing is very good, also. Uh, like the very like well done port. So okay. um, I haven't played that one. And of course, there's Mr. Do, which we and I talked about last week. Uh, yeah. Very good port, like an arcade game. Uh, with like some touch-up graphics, uh, like some very fun two-player modes uh, that added onto it also. So. Yeah, I never realized how much strategy goes into Mr. Do. I'll have to uh, revisit it. Yes, it it's a very like you know fun game, uh, especially like you know, Dig Dug. So. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I believe that's it for the classic retro games that got. Yeah, I think over. you're right. But, uh, <laughs> Not um, too much. Well, the Super NES had a bunch of arcade games ported, it, of course, and those games would now be considered to be retro games, but. Nah, yeah. um, but but yeah, back then back then the system was current. Uh, I think the oldest arcade game poured over is probably like you know three four years. And like I said earlier, retro gaming was not uh, quite as popular back then uh, like it was now. Um, right. You did mention not an arcade game. You did mention the Super Game Boy earlier. Uh, the Donkey Kong Game Boy game, which were, oh yeah, which was also super but Super Game Boy enhanced. Yes. Uh, that game starts off with a nice tribute to like original Donkey Kong, and that you play the first three stages. Uh, yep. like the arcade game before the game totally takes off like its platform slash puzzle direction. So is it? It's not all four stages. Actually, actually, I think you're right. I think it is four stages before the game moves on. Yes. So it's not it's not arcade perfect, but I mean, just to have the pie stage or whatever you want to call it. The yes. Some factory stage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's good to have it. That's a very very fun game, and having the game start off like the arcade game stages uh, yeah. is, is 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 definitely fun. And um, then it turns into like a puzzle game. Yes. Yep. It's yep. a cool game. Yes, very, very good game. Very underrated, I think. Uh, yep. Uh, definitely like a very fun game to pick up if you have a Game Boy, like Super Game Boy. Um, yeah. As far as recommending these arcade ports to the Super NES, though, and nowadays, though, in 2015, um, unless you're a collector or unless you really love the game and uh, love the game and uh, like you want to play the game in every way, shape, or form possible, or unless you have a psychic computer like Ferg does here, um, <laughs> and you, um, you can play these games much better at Name these days because Name's gotten yeah. so perfect that you really can just do a a great job of it. It's kind of hard to recommend these collections for anybody nowadays, unless, like I said, you want to play the Super NES or you, uh, you love a particular mode or feature that this version of the game has that wasn't carried over to some other port or whatnot. Um, right. A lot of the orientations are changed, and some of the some of the sounds are different. So if you want the true arcade experience, you can either play hmm. play it on Mame, or there's plenty of collections for current systems that look they look much better and sound much better. Yeah, there's a lot of arcade games that play like Xbox Live these days that really do yeah. a great job of like you. Know, they have options for like scaling and support and two-player mode and like the original versus enhanced and that kind of stuff. So. Right. Um, but considering the limitations of the hardware, considering like considering when it came out, I, I thought these collections were just like very well handled. I mean, like you know, Mr. Do came over great, Frogger came over great, uh, Space Invaders was very good, and both the Williams and our uh, like Atari collections. It's really fun having five or six games uh, bundled available like in one cart like this. So yeah. I mean, like, you know, back then when it came out, before uh, these games were a great way to play these classic games. 
So, right. but they um and and most of these games can be had pretty cheap on eBay also. So um, yeah, I see them a lot when I go to game stores. <laughs> yes. So so any final thoughts like about like on the ball or like the arcade like uh, games before we wrap this up for? Work? No, you know, like we said, on the ball is definitely worth the money. If you could, if you want to spend five to nine dollars for a quality Super Nintendo game, you know, definitely go get that. But uh, with the other ones, if you're just nostalgic for the SNES or a collector, then um, get the uh, arcade collections. But otherwise, you know, there are plenty more better ones out there for you. I think some of the game modes that that Mr. Do and Space Invaders offer the Super NES were not uh, like are unique to the system. They weren't duplicated like anywhere else. So okay. um, those ports do have that going uh, going for them. So um, so yeah, check them out at least an emulation. Like see what you think. So um, you can find this podcast on uh, Facebook. I have, uh, I have a Facebook page. Uh, uh, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, you can also send me an email directly to the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. And yeah, Ferg, uh, as, of, uh, as of April 2015, uh, what podcasts are you currently doing? Uh, <laughs> and I do uh, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. I am on uh, Please Stand By with Zerbinator. Um, and Intari Visions with uh, Willie from the ColecoVisions podcast and Rick and Paul from the Intellivisionaries podcast. Okay, yes, definitely. So uh, I want to thank you again very much, Ferg, for coming on here and clicking the podcast on your presence. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'm but, glad to be here, and you're doing a great job, and I appreciate it, and I, lo- I love listening to the show. I can say the same things like about your podcast, uh, especially <laughs> uh, especially your baby, uh, the, uh, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Thank you. Like all the support, like all the comments you're getting on, on the podcast these days, is definitely, like, definitely well worth it because uh, because each podcast should just keep getting like, better and better. So thank you, uh, I appreciate that. Looking forward to the special episode 100 coming out pretty soon. So yeah, um, pretty soon. But uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next week on the podcast, uh, I'm lucky enough to be joined by another uh, experienced podcaster. Uh, we're going to have uh, William Olds uh, on the podcast with me. Uh, oh, he, uh, he's one of the co-hosts of the of the Televisionaries podcast. Uh, another great podcast that you've been listening to, like you're not currently doing uh, doing so. Uh, he does the podcast like along with a, uh, a Nermix and they uh, like also like Rick Reynolds. So um, we're going to be talking about uh, one of his favorite Super NES games, the somewhat un- somewhat unknown but was popular at the time game, uh, Demon's Crest by Capcom. Uh, this is the third game, the so-called Gargoyle Trilogy, uh, that started off on the Game Boy with the um, uh, Gargoyle's Quest. And also came out on the NES as Gargoyles Quest 2. Oh, so, I've heard a lot of good things about those games. Yes, both those games are a lot of fun. I, I actually never played Demon's, uh, Demon's Crest. Like, it's one of those games I heard great things about, I just never had a chance to pick it up. Because the game's somewhat hard to find these days. So um, I'm looking forward to talking about the game with him and just like you know, talking about this uh, third and last game in the, like, the trilogy. And a, um, uh, very good graphics, very good music. It, just, you know, it should be like, a lot of fun talking about the game with him. So yeah. Um, I thank you once again very much for being on the podcast. Maybe I can convince you to come back again at some point in the future. Yeah, we'll do a more popular game like Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. <laughs> uh, I Super actually, Noah's Ark. <laughs> I actually should cover Mystic Quest at some point because they, uh, uh, I actually had a request to cover that game. So Did you really? Yes. So uh, uh, Spoiler, I, I think the game's actually okay as like a... Um, as like a baby's first RPG. So, yeah. um, okay. So, uh, thank you again very much for tuning in the podcast. And, uh, thank you very much, uh, like your support and feedback. And I definitely look forward to hearing about games you want to have covered or if you're interested in being on the podcast. Thank you again very much for like your support. And thanks again to Ferg. Thank you. Thanks to all out there and take care. 
Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Super power.